think okay. it's the uh, vocals that put yeah. a lot of people off. Yeah. It's oh, always the vocals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime <laughs> I try to play my music to anyone at work or family or whatever, they're like, oh, it's good until you start. I'm like, brilliant, thanks. At my wedding, my mum came over to Calvin. And she, well, she came over to the band and she said, I love your music. She points at Calvin and said, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome back to the Headbangers podcast, where your host Nathan and Brad here today. We're joined by Portrayal of Ruin. How are you guys doing? Start off with not too bad. Awesome. So yeah, yeah I want to jump in straight away just and say, like, obviously you had that show at the Key Club, which completely blew everyone away. First gig back after so many, you know, so many fucking years now <laughs> um, what was it like for you guys like just taking in the atmosphere and just you know playing that first show uh, the one in Leeds yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah mate it was brilliant it's the uh, first time we've ever played Leeds so we weren't expecting too much you know being a band that nobody would have heard of but we got on that stage we looked down on the floor and we saw it was packed and as soon as we started that floor was moving it was brilliant it's like we've definitely got a great impression of Leeds right now Oh yeah, please come back. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, also, we like to start off with like an icebreaker as well. So, what's like your your funniest or worst gig or tour story? Uh, worst gig I can think of. You wouldn't have been there yet, Chris. Was this gig? It was meant to be well, half seven till eleven, usual standard. But due to the, the the first band was a guy that was at, he was one running the gig and he had so many technical issues. It, I think it took about an hour for him to actually fix his stuff. So then it delayed everybody else. And uh, we ended up being on stage about quarter to one. Everybody had gone home already except for our girlfriends, but you know, we carried on and it was, that was a bit depressing, but <laughs> that was my main one. <laughs> I think, thing with me it was we got put on a lineup in manchester and it was a an australian goth band we had no right being there (laughs) (laughs) how did the crowd take to you um i've never been stared at before by just goth and they just stared at us and just (laughs) it was weird there was no interaction whatsoever nobody moved and you kind of I don't know. We still went for it, though. Like, yeah, they, they weren't there for the breakdowns. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the best way to do it, though. Just, you know, persevere and just, like, play as if people are just fucking raging to it. Oh, um, yeah, we did. <laughs> it's the first time our promoter put us on as well, so we were like, we're going to have to. We have to do this. We <laughs> <laughs> got on stage like, uh, was there a mix-up, guys? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might not <laughs> I forgot to wear my new rocks that night. <laughs> so, like, obviously, you guys are quite quite a local band. Um, what would you say is like the one big thing that, if you could change about the local scene, um, you would to sort of improve it? Um, looking from a band's perspective. Um. Hmm. At the moment, because like, because we're Manchester-based band. I'm actually quite enjoying how it is right now. I think the mm-hmm. hardest thing at the moment is how many bands there are. There's so many bands. Yeah. And yeah. it turns out there'll, there'll be like three gigs. And like we're doing one this Saturday. And I'm pretty sure there's two other gigs going on that Saturday as well. And it's all with biggish bands in it. So 
spoil for choice. I think that is, I think that's a, a good, bad thing to have, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. It's quite interesting to see like the polarizing difference between the Manchester and the Leeds scene. Because I feel with the Leeds scene, you know, there's very few metal gigs that actually happen. So everyone will kind of flock towards that as opposed to, you know, having loads of choice. It's kind of like when you've got a box of celebrations and it's all bounties, except you get like one Maltese every so often. And that's what yeah. it's like in the Leeds scene. It's very few and far between, but the ones that are good are really good. So yeah, I'm kind of jealous that you guys have got the Manchester scene because I bet it's just amazing just like having all these choices. Yeah, I was talking to the guys from God, uh, God, and they were saying that like key key club is like the main one to play. This uh, things have disappeared. We did have that moment in Manchester where a lot of venues did close down except for Academy. Yeah, but then all of a sudden they all start cropping back up again, and now and they're better than ever. We've got yeah. Rebellion and Bread Shared, and now we've got the Whittles in Oldham. And Bolton seems to be picking up a bit too, so it's it's starting to look up. And hopefully he's going to get even higher. Oh, yeah. To be fair, though, I mean, although they did say Key Club, like me and Nathan can both agree that Boom is probably one of the best places to play in Leeds. Like, it's a bit more out the way, though, so, like, a lot of people forget about it. But, like, most of the, the you know, extreme metal gigs will happen at Boom. Like, Temple yeah, to, Boom. To be fair, Boom, in my opinion, is the best place. Yeah. It's, it's a great fucking venue. I fucking love it, mate. Well, Can't hopefully I'll be there one day. <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, yeah. Honestly, it's it's easily one of the I, I my in my opinion the best venue in Leeds. Like proper DIY um, sort of venue. I, I mean, like uh, I recorded my, my my band's first track there. So like you know we've got like a spe- it's got a special place in my heart. I'm like I fucking love this venue. Um, so yeah, nice. if you ever get the chance to play Boom, say yeah instantly because yeah everyone there is fucking sound. As, um, as soon as we get asked to play Leeds again, it's going to be a yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We'll be there, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so speaking of us, yeah, released an EP and it was fucking phenomenal. Really enjoyed it. I had an absolute rage to that on the way to work, so proper enjoyed it. Good but to, to that, take man. us take us into like the concept and like what lyrically inspired you and you know what was going through your minds when you you know forming the whole thing. Um, lyrically. As you can guess, I always go for the, uh, the dark stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the pets of waking disorders. Basically, I just don't have to be feeling at time, but we've all had our moments <laughs> in life. So it's kind of just to portray it. But um, whenever I try to write my lyrics, I try to do a little bit of a story. And it might not be noticeable, but a lot of the time it's like do the story. So it it's really dark, depressing and stuff. But there is always a bit of a light at the end of it. Yeah. So... Um, Chronic Conclusions, ex-girlfriend story. Shit time turned into good time. Lifeless life is all about uh, believing that there's not much going on, but actually I can deal with that even better because if I can accept that there's no meaning, then I can enjoy what I'm doing in life. Yeah. That's me. Well, I've been repetitive waking. Actually, I don't think that one has a happy ending, so ignore that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Musically-wise, you need to talk to the uh, guitarist and the uh, drummer about that. <laughs> with with this EP, we've been quite... We we wrote uh, Repetitive Awakening Disorder um, a while ago. Um, we wrote it when we still had an old member in the band and then yep. Chris joined and he completely changed the sound of it, made it as heavy as it, as it is now. And, um, and then we took that aggression 
we took Calvin's aggression from his, the shit he was going through and we took just different aggressions from what we all feeling and just we wrote Lifeless Life. And um, no, actually, sorry, Chronic Conclusions was the first yep. song we wrote with Chris and we spent a long time on that one because I'm used to doing 4-4 with my writing, not weird breakdowns. So me and Chris trying to do this in a practice room, it was phenomenally great. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we guitar wise, me and my brother, the other guitarist, we uh, he comes in with a riff, I'll change it slightly, then he'll change it again slightly. It's, it's we've got a nice thing going. I don't think it'll work if I try writing with anyone else that way, but yeah, he, he's yeah, we we gel together really well. And because he's my brother as well, if I don't like it, I can tell him I don't, I don't like it, and vice versa. Yeah. And then Chris starts pottering away on his drums then and just, yeah, he's always aggressive. I feel like when you when you're with your brother, you've sort of got that brotherly connection, you know what I mean? So like you can like just tell him if it sounds shit, just you've known him all your life basically. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well they do. They do do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what got you all into into heavier music then? Uh, what was like your starting point in heavy music? Um, My starting point was Eminem. <laughs> I remember we listening to Spine Shank and thinking, what's this noisy shit? And I like, ignored it for like six months. I don't know what happened. Mine, like when I was younger, it wasn't all about being angry and stuff. Mine was just, I didn't like pop music. I didn't like music till I was like 16. And that's when I discovered mm-hmm. Lincoln Park and Papa Roach and all that. Yeah. Whereas I got into all my heavy music at like nine, ten years old. <laughs> <laughs> starting <It's> like, young <laughs> and then I that sort of yeah. when I was about 12, 13 I was into like dance music and shit like that you know yeah. typical crabby shit and then I listened to one of my brother's CDs it was an earache compilation CD and the first track I listened to on it was Decapitated Spheres of Madness and I've been hooked ever since on the death metal <laughs> side of things. It was easy, easy start up. <laughs> decapitated Spheres of Madness and then it was Deicide Scars of the Crucifix straight after it and yeah. that was it. I was hooked then. Uh, yeah, love it. <laughs> well, if you ain't fucking around now, I mean that's like not even going through Metallica or Link Parts straight <laughs> fucking into it. No, no. See, me, me dad always listened to the rock music. You know, yeah. you got your Motorhead, uh, Priest, and all that sort of stuff. But I never really gelled with that until, and then I started listening to the death metal side of things. And yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, I think that's what it is. Like heavy metal, it doesn't even have to be about the uh, anger or anything. It's it's just energetic. It's the most energetic genre I can think of. Yeah, mm. it's, just, it's just a vibe, really. I mean, to be fair, yeah. when you said you got into dance music first, that sort of it does have some sort of similarities to metal in a way like it's quite energetic you know you've got the drops then you've got like you know quite similar to what a breakdown like when when you wait yeah. for a breakdown <laughs> in a song it's kind of what i imagine when someone's in like a house club and they're waiting for the drop to hit it's kind yeah. of the same deal really just a different sort of tune really <laughs> yeah i i mean like me, like metal is like I, I think i think most people could get into it if they gave it a chance like i think a lot of people dismiss it like a minute the minute you say so like oh yeah i like metal they're like oh look but scream or stuff you're like oh that's so much just, just listen to it i think yeah. it's the uh vocals that put a yeah. lot of people off yeah it's oh, always yeah. the vocals yeah <laughs> anytime <laughs> i try to play my music to anyone at work or family or whatever they're like oh it's good until you start i'm like brilliant thanks <laughs> right, uh, <laughs> I, my, my wedding 
at my wedding, my mum came over to Calvin. And she, well, she came over to the band and she said, I love your music. She points at Calvin and said, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember when I, I, I came home after I got the, the like, pre-mix uh, for my, my band's first, like, track. And I, I went, oh, mum, finally, uh, finally finished uh, the track with the band. And she was like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Start playing. She's like, oh, I like it, I like it. And then I start doing my vocals and she's there like, yeah, no, you lost me. I don't understand what the fuck you're saying. Yeah. I was there, she like looked at me, she's like, what have you done? What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Like when I show like my family, because my mum's into like rock music and whatnot. So like she's fine with like Motorhead and Judas Priest and stuff like that. Um, when I, but then she she hates Slipknot. She's always hated Slipknot when I used to play it in the car. But then like recently I was like, oh, mum, do you want to hear Slaughter to Prevail? And she's like, Okay, then she ended up liking it, so like I don't get, I don't get where the the parallels are. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's something that a lot of people just get used to. Again, yeah. like I said, spine shank. I was like, nah, this is too heavy. But then I started hanging around with guys, but I was stuck in the room with them, and they play me Machine Head, Slipknot, and all that. And I was like, it's fine. I'll just deal with it. And then I was like, no, actually, this is fucking sick. Then I got my spine shank CD back on, and now oh, this is sick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've always wanted to bring someone that's not into like like someone from my friends group that's not into metal to a metal show, just see how they react. Like a little bit of a social experiment. And like be like, right guys, what do you um, think? <laughs> we played a uh, metal to a masses show last year. Um mm. big crowd or anything. And this girl that I work with, she's not into metal, but she's very supportive and she's like, I'm gonna come check you out. She wants to see what a mosh pit was because she was saying she wanted to be in one. I was like, All right. <laughs> so she came, she's the most friendliest person you ever met that doesn't stop smiling she came in like fully cut colored with those flowy trousers with flowers on and things like that <laughs> she walked in and she went all right so we started first off she was like okay what's that <laughs> <laughs> um then she saw they were like we were playing with a band called torture demon yeah um so when we started there was a mosh pit of 14 year olds and there's mosh pit of like adults and she was just watching this and she was like oh i didn't expect it to be like this she thought it was just like shoving each other on the shoulder but as she was like trying to back out, the circle just got bigger. And but it scared her. She said she was a. Uh, it was an experience. That was the answer that I got. You see, that's <laughs> yeah. That's literally what I think. Like, yeah. if people if people go to the show, I think they'll get it because I actually recall the time when you guys were playing the key club with Godf, and there was this guy that came up to me and he was just like, "I've never been to a, like a, a metal show in my life, but I'm like really enjoying this." So I think if people watch the bands live and just take in the atmosphere, you'll be like, ah, I get it now. This yeah. is what it's about. It is definitely about the atmosphere. I went to a um, like a trancy gig a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's a band called Carpenter Brook. And oh, there was them. no movement. I love a band and they were really energetic, but there is no movement. Everybody's just stood there with a beer watching. And it's like, nah, that's not that's not worth a downfall. <laughs> no, that's not a jam. <laughs> Have you ever had like... Where's, where's the mosh pit? Where's, where's the crowd surfing? Where's the angry people? <laughs> have, you, have you ever had like, you know, like if you've been at work and someone finds out you're in a band, have you had ever had that where they think like, they don't think it's like a metal band straight away and then like they start like asking, oh, next time there's like a work do, why don't you play? And you're there like, trust me, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> See how fast HR gets called down. <laughs> no, literally, I remember my, my boss finding, like, finding out, he went, oh, he, he must have thought, oh, he must be like a fucking indie band or some shit like that. He's like, oh, how about you play the Christmas do? And I was there like, 
Well, do you want to listen to what I've done first before, before you know, I, I yeah. do play the Christmas do. And they're like, yeah, anyway, like, just sat there going, yeah, maybe not, maybe not. I think that might be a bit too much. So you made the mistake of telling them what you play, because if you didn't, yeah. it just turned up. Either way, though, either way, though, I got loads of streams on that. I was just sharing it about the office, going, listen to it, guys. I'll be playing the Christmas do this year. <laughs> so I want to yeah, ask you market. as well. Um, obviously, you guys know how to master the breakdowns. It's quite clear from that from the show. Um, what would you say is like the most quintessential breakdown? Like if saying what we're saying then, like if you were to show like a normal person or just like someone random, like this is the quintessential breakdown, what would it be? I already know mine. Uh, the coward dead weight. Uh, do you know that 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 breakdown? It's 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 always there. It's always there in the back of my mind. I, I think I think I've heard because I've heard of death. I've heard of dead weight, um, and I know vaguely of the song. Um, I can't remember the breakdown just off, off by art. It's it's just he does um the guitars are still like going quite mel- melodic in the background and he's just mm-hmm. doing a big he's just talking and his talking just gets harder and harder then he just shouts out something and just fucking kicks in and it goes for it. Oh, no. I, I got goosebumps thinking about it already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one for me. <laughs> I probably have the slots prevails mm-hmm. demolition. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Or even Lana Shaw's newest one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's oh, my yeah. favourite one at the moment. So the Hellfire. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's definitely the favourite one right now. <laughs> and I want to see him do it live. I think that's the main thing for me now. It's like, right, you've done it. You've, you've proved a point. Come on, we need to yeah. see this live now. <laughs> well, uh, if you type in Lana Shaw uh, EP release show Revolver, there's footage of it. Oh, well, there you go. Watch him out later. <laughs> there's a Revolver Revolver magazine. Um, they like filmed their four EP release show and it fucked me. <laughs> I was like watching it going, Jesus Christ. Um, there's like it's a little meme disgusting. going around as well. Like it's like POV, you're at a Lana Shaw show and that bit kicks in. And it's just like <laughs> literally like a pit of four people just kicking shit out of each other. <laughs> and to be fair, they are coming to Manchester, I think, with mm-hmm. uh, Carnifex. I don't know when it oh, is, yeah, but yeah. I'm going to track down to that. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of bands on there that we're looking forward to. It's just a stacked, stacked lineup. Yeah. I think Chelsea Grin on there too. Yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, that's one. <laughs> Angel Maker as well. Angel Maker. Yeah, yeah Angel Maker, I see. Yeah. Angel, I love Angel Maker. That's, that's, oh. that's, that's a stacked lineup. <laughs> what about you, Sean? Well, Sean? Quintessential breakdown for me would be uh, Dying Fetus in the trenches. Oh, um, fuck yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. When, when that <laughs> in, I saw him live and it was. Just phenomenal. I didn't listen to that song before I saw him live, and just oh, oh man, oh, it'd be great. Um, was, that show, was that the show with um Carnifex when they played Manchester? Uh, with Job for a Cowboy. Oh, we went to see him in like 2018, and fuck me, Dying Fetus really do hit us. <laughs> oh, do you do? Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, I can't remember when this was. It was a while ago, anyway. But fucking hell, yeah, they do it, Dad. My, my dream band to play with. It's brilliant. Oh yeah, yeah. like all rounder. You know, you know what's mad though about Dying Feet is they've like inspired so much like different genres without even knowing it. Like, there's like a lot of like new bands right now. Where he's like um, beat down. Like I find yeah. sometimes where I'm like yeah. that. You've literally that is a Dying Feet's riff. That is a dying fetus lift just slowed down to half pace. <laughs> I'm literally like, that is a dying fetus riff. Yeah, John Gallagher, he's he's an idol of mine. So, yeah, <laughs> I take a lot of inspiration from him. 
Yeah, definitely. No, they have inspired so many people. Um, it's it's weird because I feel like they get lumped in with being a bit of a mean band, but then if you yeah. shift, shift that aside, like they have really inspired so many people, and you can tell oh, when you definitely. listen to music. Their albums just progressively get better as well. Like some bands, they do a brilliant album, then they go shit, like Trivium, uh, and then they release an absolute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> We're going to have a word with him later about that. Maybe, so. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to say it, but Dayside was one of those bands. <laughs> yeah, no, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Like later on. Fuck me. Yeah. Like, they went downhill. <laughs> the light album, cracking after that. Yeah. yeah, like literally anything after that point, it just it's kind of a slope. You know, like, yeah, is there, yeah. Any, is there any point, lads? Come on, lads. Like, yeah, yeah, each album's get there's less good songs in the album, guys. <laughs> yeah. So we can't get their side on now because we've insulted them. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Brad, as if we we're going to get their side on anyway. Yeah. And to be fair, Glenn Benton's a bit of a dick anyway. <laughs> um, how did you all like meet anyway like what what sort of the story how um how the band formed well i've known chris for how many years have we known each other now oh, like, I, I was 13 and i'm 32 now like, so, i can't do no maths um <laughs> and obviously i've known tom all my life um uh, so tom messaged me and said i've got a few riffs for a song, do you want to just jam it, jam along with it? Do you want to start a band? Yeah, go on then. No worries. And then he put out a post on, was it Join My Band, Calvin? Yeah, Join My Band. Yeah, and uh, then Calvin piped up then. And we, me, Tom and Calvin met up. We jammed and well, Calvin drank for four hours. And it went from <laughs> there, really. Um, and then <laughs> Calvin got um, the bass player in. Because uh, you knew him from your previous band. Yeah. And then um, we got our first drummer. We found him on Join My Band as well. And then once he left, like a week later, Chris was in the band. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we didn't wait long. <laughs> Don't fuck around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I feel like if you've known each other that long, like once you get past that point, I think you'll be good as a band because you've probably been through all the shit anyway. And now you're just like, you're storms more like, more like a brother than like friends now. Yeah. We, me and Chris have jammed together for a good few years, like a few bands we've been in, and uh, we, we know how to work with each other. Yeah, most important thing. Don't you think like Join My Band is, is, is musicians' Tinder? So you go through so many, you go through so many, and then you finally find like one member that you're like, yeah, that's fucking grand. grand. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, over my years of being in bands, I'm there. Like, I think uh, we've I must have met, I must have met like hundreds of people from it, and like it's always like starts off really good, and then we, there's always one member that stays, and you just carry on and carry on. <laughs> so okay, um, now if you'll meet your match, yeah, I wonder, wonder, I'll yeah. give up her. Wonder. Oh yeah, I met I met me Matt I met me match Jordan. He's been in every single band I've started. He's a sound lad. <laughs> What's like the biggest challenge as well that you guys have faced? And how did you overcome it? Finding times of practice yeah. as a band. Yeah. Real life kicks in a bit too much sometimes. Because we we generally we usually aim to do two days a week, so on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Yeah. But uh, obviously sometimes uh hard work comes in and then 
when you're doing the gigs, it's harder to write new stuff. So you kind of have to try balance writing and gigs. And unfortunately for these guys, as soon as I get gig offers, I'm like, guys, guys, we need to do this, guys, guys. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, time management is definitely something that's hard for everyone. Like even for me and Nathan doing the podcast, like, because we've switched jobs and we're trying to like find time to plan videos. And now that like a lot of bands are going back on tour now and like doing gigs. So we're like struggling to find a few interviews. Um, so we're trying to like plan other content and then planning when we're going to film it. And if we wanted to do it together instead of over zoom, but I think it just, it eventually falls into place. Like you just find time that works for everyone and it just sort of creates a solution. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's working for us. We have our slow moments, obviously like we, as soon as isolation, finished we did three gigs four gigs in three weeks so i don't think we practiced or wrote anything but then it's been summer so we've had our like summer breaks and stuff so hopefully yeah. now september's hit be able to uh get back on it write write new music um get new merch try to talk to new promoters all that stuff yeah new music Hi. new music we have got some new music we need more but we've got some new music <laughs> Do you reckon we'll see that in the, like the next uh, year or so then? Uh was hoping. It's it, again, it's the whole um it's a money thing as well, isn't it? If you you need to do the gigs and sell the merch to make the money to be able to write those songs that you're writing, but we could end up with like ten songs and no money or too much money and no songs and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. <laughs> like one thing a lot of people underestimate about bands. Like it's like it's like why don't they release for? It's like, yeah, but you, you do know like like it's not just write it there we go release it you gotta go in the fucking studio and like if you want it done right as well you gotta pay hand over fucking fist for it like because like the, yeah you could go to some guy in his bedroom but there's always like a 50 50 like, when you get that mix back you're there like uh did we just waste yeah. like 150 quid you know what i mean like it's one of those things where it's like a lot of people don't i don't feel like a lot of people don't understand the level of actual like work and money that goes into it yeah yeah, I think like our EP, so it's only it were three songs and uh, the music video, it must have come to around the ground. Around the ground oh, for yeah. 15 minutes of music. But yeah, how, how often we practiced those, but we had one of those songs for about a year. Then we then we wrote yeah. the next two songs. And so it, it, it was months and months as you guys know try and make sure that it's all down to tea and I, then i started rushing as like right i'm booking a guy in if if it's not perfect now it has to be perfect by the time we go in and stuff because we wanted to be up and running when the world reopened again yeah mm, definitely and like the funniest thing is as well like sometimes like when when, when someone goes oh and like um how much is that that will set you back and you tell them like oh only that much and you're like well, how much did you fucking pay like, <laughs> <laughs> you know like you're taking piss mate that was expensive for us <laughs> like, um one thing as well i can't i kind of want to ask it is when you originally started what would you say was like your biggest influences at the time oh uh so me personally i it's all deathcore stuff Purely because like I love other genres, like I do love metalcore and all that, but I am not the vocalist for that. I can't sing for shit. So I was like, right, I'm going to just concentrate on the breeze and shit. So mine's mainly deathcore things. Well, I say that. When I first started as a vocalist, I was singing along to like Lamb of God, Devil Driver, Chimera, all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, definitely my vocal style now is Suicide Silence, Whitechapel, All Shop Hell. It's usual like old school deathcore bands. Yeah. 
um, listening to bands now like Slaughter's Prevail and Lord of Shore going, shit, can't do that. Would love to do that. <laughs> Maybe one day, but <laughs> but that's mine. Well, I was just getting back into playing drums after about not playing for like eight years when I first joined these guys. Uh, I'd pretty much not been listening to much music up until then, but I've been listening to stuff like uh, Slaughter's Prevail, Lorna Shore's new stuff's pretty good. Uh, Whitechapel definitely because Whitechapel is literally what got me into all the deathcore anyway yeah and Suicide Silence obviously uh, one of the main albums I've been at the moment is Fingy Born of Osiris's new one Angel yeah Aurelian. that's quite a good one I've not had a chance to listen to that I need not to had a chance. yeah it's really good really good and then also bands like Die Art is Murder uh <clears throat> oh, there's too many to name. You know, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sean? Uh, I dreaded this question. When I first joined Portrayal, there were two extremes. It was death metal and um, all that sort of stuff and power metal. I, I mm. weren't into core back then. I never mm. really did the white chapel sort of stuff. But yeah, I was like power metal and death metal. That, that was it, really. And then, obviously, Calvin and Tom, and they just got me into all this death car stuff. Chris, you got me into uh, Winds of Plague a few years ago. Um, but that was about it, really. That's as far as car as I went. Yeah, I think, to be fair, like, I used to listen to mostly death metal, but, like, recently, I'd say for the last half year, it's mostly been death car, because I think some of the most interesting music in the metal scene has come out of the death car. Like with, like you said, Lorna Shaw, Slaughter to Prevail, like Volvodinia, like all these bands are just creating some really interesting sounds like that. I'm not seeing much in death metal over the last year. Like there's not been yeah. many releases on that side that I thought, wow, that's really stuck out to me. So yeah, I think that's definitely been my jam at the moment. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I've been going back into a, a death metal phase personally. I've just been like full circle. <laughs> no, yeah, I went full circle because then like everyone's been like recommending all these like great bands and all that, like Gate Creeper and everything like that. So I've I've just gone into like this really deep pit of death metal and, and just can't get out. And they're like, ah, oh. because Spotify's just like recommending more. They're like, yeah, since you listen to Gate Creeper, you might like this guy. I'm like, oh, I do like that guy. <laughs> so you get the one it's like, a deep, like a deep, endless circle. I'm there like, ah, I do like all these. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm finding with Deathcore, though, the more I'm listening to it, like the newborn of Osiris stuff, because I'm a sucker for um, melodic, so melodic mm, riffs yeah. and all that sort of shit. Like Shadow of Intent, to me, they're oh, the perfect band right now. Um, and... But deathcore it adds all elements of that as well as the brutality of death metal, and so it's just perfect at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. It's like a nice little package of everything you could want. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I want to throw like a little spanner in the works, and I want to say, if you were trapped on a desert island, what two items would you bring and why? Oh bollocks! <laughs> um, it's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> One you did not prepare for. <laughs> I definitely uh, snare drum and sticks. I don't know how much you guys really hate me playing. Are we, are we on that island together? Uh, yeah, you can be. I'll be okay, generous. 
<laughs> yeah, I'd probably have to take my switch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'd be a long trip. <laughs> I'd take a guitar and a boat. <laughs> ah. oh, that, oh damn he's found the loop you know what we've asked we've asked so many bands that question and none of them have said but none of them went you know what but like you, no one's actually you, ever thought of it you think sean's going to be able to make it back home he's not he's going to be by himself crying that's all it is yeah we, we, i was yeah. talking to i was talking about to the lawn shaw guitarist and uh he said that he'd bring like a notepad so he can write his lyrics down so imagine like 200 years in the future like wow look at these ancient, ancient cryptics that have been written <laughs> brad, brad couldn't couldn't resist but to name drop there <laughs> no speaking of lawn shaw guitar <laughs> Um, I think I said that I'd bring like a bullet with one gun in and a bottle of rum, but I think I'd just start from Pirates of the Caribbean. No, Brad, Brad, what the fuck did you... A bullet with one gun in? <laughs> it's been a long day, man. A I've fucking bullet a with shift. one gun in. <laughs> <laughs> I brought my fucking big ass bullet with my gun in it. <laughs> um, one thing I kind of want to ask as well, like if you could go back to like when you guys first formed, if there's like... Something that stands out that you would change, what would it be? It can be literally anything like, say, like a mistake that you, you made early early on where you're like, oh, fuck, you know, if we just like did that a little bit differently, you know, like, we'd, we'd have fucking done being a way ahead or um, like even as simple as like, oh, that riff I wrote, I could have done, I could do it a bit different now. Um, what, what sort of like something that comes to mind? Um... You got anything? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I don't think I would change anything. I'm going to get deep here because mm. everything has <clears throat> forced me to progress. The, the songs we very, first wrote in the band um, the, this year, right? Uh, but that's progressed. That's pushed me to write more. Oh, fuck, I can't even speak now. It's pushed me to write better stuff. So, yeah, I don't think I'd change anything, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it because, I mean, you know, you could want to change, your, you know, your first song or whatever that like, you're at, but, like, if you don't have that, then you don't know how to improve. And, like, that's why mm. bands usually get better after every release. So it's best not to change anything at all. Uh, one thing I would change is back, we used to have a song called Golden Nectar. Mm. And before joined, yeah, join a breakdown. I I decided to just down a pint on stage. I think I did that about four or five times, and every single time it was the worst mistake I could have done because <laughs> it was I was just I, I kind of having to turn around. I was like, no, I can handle it. Next time I'll be fine. No, no. So we stopped doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was trying to be a cool badass. Like, look at me. I could down a pint on stage. No, it's not cool. It's not fun. It <laughs> not worth it. Doesn't benefit anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what Sean said as well like, was a really interesting point. Like, because I've always found that there's one really interesting quote um, that I think really translates well for bands and in music in general. Is um, it, it, the guy originally wrote it about poetry, but it translates pretty well. It was like a pop. A, po- a poem is never finished because you just really you're basically reading an unfinished piece of work, uh, which I, I thought was quite interesting. Because whenever bands release something, it's always you always end up listening back and going, "Oh, I would have changed." I I, I do it all the time. I'm like, I would have changed that bit. I would have changed that bit. But 
in reality, it's like, here's what it is because that's where you've come from and this is where you progress. Yeah. So, obviously, like, more about you guys then. Um, what are your hobbies and interests outside of music? Like, what do you guys go up to? Um, for me, it's mostly work. When I'm not working... The hobby. Um, you, <laughs> yeah, what I get up to outside of music. All right. <laughs> um, so, it's mostly work because I work stupid hours all the time. Um, yeah. I try my best to play guitar as much as possible. And outside of that, um, I play Warhammer a lot, uh, so yeah, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> awesome man. I'm a chef and I like uh, I do like to do my cooking, but I spend most of my extra time with my family. To be fair, with my missus and my kids, and we're expecting another kid. Oh, nice! Congratulations! Congratulations. Uh, yeah, sure, yeah, I forgot to mention family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Guitar <laughs> first. <laughs> Standard Sean. <laughs> um, me, if I'm at home, I'm usually just like playing my PS4, Switch, or whatever. Sometimes I'll have a bit of a spree of like right merch time and or talking to you. But um, if I'm not working, I work in a hospital, but it's only like weekdays. Um, I try to go to gigs. Usually, it's either gigs or going to pubs, restaurants with me. So, base, basic bit stuff, really. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. in, like I said before, Manchester, we've always got gigs going. So, every weekend, there's always one to go to. So, I just make sure that I'm, if I can, I'm going to turn up to one of them. Awesome. Yeah. Who would you say is like the most organized out of a lot of you? <laughs> Everyone's like, me, me. <laughs> yeah, the, most the guys behind us are going for it again so. <laughs> we've got a black metal band and one of their songs lasts about 15 minutes <laughs> that <was> standard yeah <laughs> do, do they sound true cult <laughs> I'll answer this one from um, I don't think any of us are truly organised yeah <laughs> except Calvin when he gets on one when Calvin's got his head in the game he knows what he's talking about he knows what he's doing and he does get wow. shit done yeah, about thirty percent of the time, but to be fair, it's kind of better to like have like a band that's like you know, not not half organized, but you know, you all kind of share the same amount of organization as opposed to one person being the full organizer and nobody else's shit. I think. Yeah, we all we all share the load, definitely. <laughs> yeah, there's been like many bands that I, I've I've kind of known. Like, <laughs> kind of being that case and like you, you end up speaking to someone the person the person that is organized everything after like about six months be like yeah I fucking quit it because it's so much pressure a lot of people don't understand it's so much fucking pressure yeah absolutely i mean if you if say for example if you're at uni and you're doing like a team project like if you're putting at least a little bit of effort each you'll still come out with a product as opposed to one person just doing the whole thing and it just comes out half hour so uh, it's definitely a good thing to have yeah Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we are sort of getting to the end point interview now. Um, one way that we always like to leave it is what advice would you give to your younger selves and what advice would you give to a band just starting out? The advice I'd give to my younger self would be to not stop playing. I kind of regret stopping playing for so yeah. long. And to bands forming, communicate with each other and enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, don't bother. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I would tell younger me to have started this a lot earlier. I started 
vocal stuff when I was 27. I look back now, I was like, I wasted my time just going to clubs every single weekend when I could have been actually doing something that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and young people now, I would say, if you're going to be in a band, make sure people know you. As in, if you're going to be in a band, it's not just about the music. You go out, you play those songs, but you make sure that people know who you are as well. Absolutely. Go to those gigs you're not playing. Talk to those people that are coming to your gigs. And that's going to get you further than you think. Connecting. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Uh, advice to my younger self uh, would be practice my scales. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> advice to younger bands starting is like Chris said, communicate and don't go into a room with a one-track mind. I want to play this kind of music. We are playing this kind of music because the way I see it in a band, there's no boss. You're all in it together. Yep. So listen to your bandmates and obviously work well together. Absolutely. Solid advice. Definitely. I mean, so yeah, thank you so much, guys. And, you know, you really made my night when you guys, you know, tore up in that stage at Key Club because after so long, it was just like, ah, oh, finally, we're back. We're back in business. Yeah. And, honestly. Well, yeah. Well, thank you for asking us. We're a bit shocked when I saw it. I was like, oh, crap. Here we go. No we didn't, no obviously, we didn't expect much from playing the Leeds, but I think we got a lot more than we expected. Yeah. You had a good yeah, reaction, definitely. to be fair. And a lot of people were talking about it. So. No, you definitely have to come back. So either Boom or Key Club, whoever invites you, just get your asses down and we'll we'll be there to rage. I'd love to be yeah. back. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I had a lot of fun Let's chatting to you boys. We'll be back. <laughs> no worries. I've a lot of I had a lot of fun um chatting to you guys. It's been really interesting sitting down and talking to you. So we really appreciate your time and coming yep. on and everything. More than welcome. So yeah, all Thank the you best. Very much. We'll see you guys soon.